Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And it is Wednesday, September 9th. It's about almost six o'clock. I went live a little bit earlier than I thought I would. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be rolling through my start sit charts for week one. We got a Thursday night game starting tomorrow night, NFL kickoff for the season with the Chiefs and the Texans. So a lot of excitement here. Uh, but basically, I'm going to be doing this live, I think, every Wednesday night this week. I'm probably going to be doing a live Monday night show, too, to discuss waiver wire and kind of talk about the weekend stuff. Uh, but yeah, Wednesday night kickoff. Here we go. If you go to the fantasyfellowship.com, you're going to uh, just click on the week one start sit charts, and I'll show you what these are going to look like. But basically, I'm going to fill out these these tables here and tell you guys where I'm thinking I'm going to be starting these players. Uh, so we'll start with the Texan side here. I think if you drafted Deshaun Watson, you know you're going to start him. Uh, and then basically the same thing with Mahomes too. We're not really, I'm not here to tell you guys to start Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you're starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You spent a first round pick on him. You're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Travis Kelsey. So these guys are all locked into our lineups, no problem. Uh, but then you got some questions, you know, guys like David Johnson, who you probably spent a fourth or fifth round pick on. Uh, you're going to probably want to leave him in there as your RB2 and we'll see how it goes. We'll reevaluate after the game, of course. But this one's probably going to be heavily, you know, passing attack. I think we might see either team jump off to a hot start and have to, you know, rely on the, the pass here. So David Johnson is a guy that could be interesting in PPR leagues, you know, having to to get more receiving work than normal. We'll see if he can get enough carries in this one. Maybe the, the Chiefs are just too far ahead where they kind of pivot and they're throwing the ball a lot. But go ahead and start David Johnson as your PPR RB2. Uh, and then the, real, the really interesting play here is, for me, it's Will Fuller. You drafted Will Fuller. Uh, healthy, this is the time to start him. So don't leave him on your bench. I really don't even know who the starting Chiefs cornerbacks are. I don't really feel confident in their secondary. So go ahead and start Will Fuller, no problem, wide receiver three. And then we got even more question marks here with Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm going to leave a link here for the practice reports via Rotowire. We'll see what these look like real quick. Um, I might have to relink that. I think that might be last year's link. But anyways, you'll have practice reports here. And uh, Will Fuller, we're starting him. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver too. We don't really know what's going on with him. I know he missed practice today. I think he's got the the, the quad injury at the moment right now. Uh, he was limited the day before, but it's not looking good. He's going to be a game-time decision. So if you were relying on Brandon Cooks to be in your starting lineup this week, you might want to look elsewhere. Even if he starts, I really don't know if I'm going to be comfortable rolling him out there. Uh, so this is making me like Randall Cobb a little bit more as a wide receiver three, especially in PPR leagues. You probably got him at the end of your draft on your bench. Uh, but especially if Cooks is out, like Randall Cobb becomes a really sneaky flex play. Uh, so I'm into that. I'm into the passing weapons here. I'm probably not starting Duke Johnson. I'd like, I'd like to see what happens with this backfield between David and Duke uh, before I trust Duke. But you're going to go ahead and throw David Johnson out there because of the draft capital. <clears throat> and then I got some notes here to just keep an eye on Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells. We're not starting the Houston tight ends just yet, but they might be something that we're interested in. Deshaun Watson's always been uh, pretty productive with his tight end, so I'm, I'm curious to see who separates himself there. Uh, and then with the Chiefs here, the guys that we're kind of questioning on is Sammy Watkins. I mean, he he had a really disappointing you know season last year, but he kind of came on strong towards the end of the playoffs, um, so I'm open to Sammy Watkins being flexed. I don't know if I trust it yet. I kind of want to wait one more week, but as we saw last year, I mean, the biggest game of his season came week one. Tyreek Hill gets hurt. Sammy Watkins goes off for like almost 50 fantasy points. So I think Sammy Watkins, if you're on the fence about him, uh, you can you can flex him at best. But it, it's it's kind of a boom bust uh, kind of a pick there. And then 
Uh, same for Miko Hardman. I kind of want, I'm stressing patience with Miko Hardman. You probably drafted him, you know, in the ninth, 10th, 11th round of your drafts. And we're interested to see if they really do commit to ramping up his workload and his snaps and his targets. Uh, but again, I, I think I'm feeling most comfortable about Mahomes, Clyde, Tyreek, Kelsey. And then I think I'm willing to wait and see what Sammy Watkins and Hardman look like. Uh, and then there's Daryl Williams here, who's going to be the RB2. He's going to be a much better pass blocker than Clyde Edwards. So we could see Daryl Williams on the field a little bit more than we would expect. I don't know if Daryl Williams is going to get the goal line touches. I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on Daryl Williams, uh, especially on waiver wires. He might be a guy that we're talking about that just he, maybe he played almost 50-50 snaps with Clyde and he ends up scoring a touchdown or something. Daryl Williams is probably the name to keep an eye on here. So uh, this one's going to be really fun. I hope it's high scoring. And uh, for those that invested in the Chiefs and Texans, good luck. Uh, but I'm also, so with these start sit charts on the fantasyfellowship.com, I'm going to type up some things that I'm thinking here. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so go ahead. And I kind of update these throughout the week. So if you want to check in on Monday night or Tuesday, I think that's when I'll start updating the start sit charts. And then I kind of start adding the notes uh, as the season progress or as the week progresses and I get some injury information. So starting with the Sunday early games, we're going to kick it off here with Seattle at Atlanta. Uh, again, I'm I'm not here to tell you to start Russell Wilson. I'm not here to tell you to start Tyler Lockett. These guys are kind of uh, locked in at our positions. My phone's going off. I'm sorry. I should have turned off the volume on that. But anyways, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I'm locked into the starting those guys. I think they're both wide receiver one, two potential this week. Um, and then Chris Carson's going to be the interesting guy. I don't really trust the Atlanta Falcons passing offense or the their rushing defense. So we could see Seattle jump out. Uh, pretty hot out of the gate and try to establish this run with Chris Carson. So I'm super interested in these four guys. Uh, and I think Seattle's going to have a really simple fantasy evaluation for the rest of the year. Uh, these are the four guys that they're going to, you know, funnel the offense through. And uh, maybe we see Greg Olson, you know, kind of get some some run here as a potential tight end streamer. So I'm keeping an eye on him. If he's on your waiver wire, just just monitor his uh, week one snap rates and his targets. And then there's Philip Dorsett. I know they signed uh, Josh Gordon, but we're not really interested in those secondary receiving options. So the Seahawks, really straightforward. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, get them in your lineups. And then with the Falcons, uh, it's it's also a, a really like a really straightforward offense as well. You're starting Matt Ryan. The Seahawks pass defense should be a little bit improved with Jamal Adams back there, but it's still pretty suspect on the corners and uh, the other safety. So uh, Matt Ryan, this game's got you know the makings of being on the fast track, and we'll see. Uh, how many points can be scored, but you're starting Matt Ryan as your QB one. Uh, Todd Gurley, he's healthy. As long as Todd Gurley's healthy, I'm going to roll him out as my RB two. And I know a lot of teams took advantage of the Seahawks pass uh, rushing defense last year. So Gurley's entering a really good spot here. If you got him as your RB two, I think you might be looking pretty good after your draft with this one. And then I don't need to tell you to start Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. You spent high picks on these guys. They're in our lineups unless they're either on bye week or injured. So go ahead and roll those guys out. Uh, but Hayden Hurst is the really interesting guy to watch on the Atlanta offense. Uh, he's stepping in for Austin Hooper. We'll see if he can get, you know, the majority of those targets that Hooper got. I'm not expecting him to get 100% of those targets. But if he can be, you know, 80 to 90% of that, Hayden Hurst is going to be a tight end one for most weeks. Uh, so we'll see if the the, the weird offseason and the, the kind of shortened practice time is enough for Hayden Hurst to be a tight end one. But I think I think most people drafted Hayden Hurst to be their tight end one. Uh, so the, the higher draft capital, probably you're gonna you're just going to go ahead and start Hayden Hurst right away. So I don't think the Seahawks are very good against the tight end either, but with Jamal Adams, that might change. Uh, but otherwise, just guys on the bench to monitor. 
Russell Gage is going to be the slot receiver here. And then I'm really interested to see who gets the, I guess, the backup running back touches behind Todd Gurley. Is it Brian Hill? Is it Ido Smith? Uh, this is going to be a situation we're going to want to basically, we want to know the answer to, uh, if anything happens to Todd Gurley, we're going to want to know who the next man up is. And I think it might be Brian Hill, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's Ido Smith. So uh, this is a really good noon game. I hope this one's on TV in my area, but otherwise we'll just have to monitor the score. There should be a lot of points on this one. So hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully everyone comes out healthy. Hopefully Todd Gurley can uh, return to his old form. And uh, yeah, the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf is going to be fun. This might be a really good game for uh, for DFS play. I know I'm going to be looking at some of these plays. I know they're probably more expensive, but a guy like Metcalf or Calvin Ridley are a little bit cheaper uh, than the, the wide receiver one. So enjoy that game. I know I will. Uh, and then I guess we'll kind of make this one quick. We're looking at the Jets and the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, the Jets are going to Buffalo. Pretty simple evaluation here for the Jets. Uh, I, I wouldn't start Sam Darnold in a one QB. I wouldn't start him in a super flex. I'd consider him in a super flex if you, you know, if you kind of botched the draft and you had Sam Darnold as your two. Uh, but we're not going to, especially against the Bills defense, we're not really looking for Sam Darnold at this spot here. Uh, but we're interested in his passing weapons. And yes, I think that's Le'Veon Bell. That's Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon. All these three guys have been healthy throughout the whole camp. And uh, really none of the receivers have been healthy. Denzel Mims, Brashad Perriman. And I'm trying to remember who the third or fourth guy was. Uh, but really, Denzel Mims just got back to practice this week. I think Prashad Perriman as well. So Jamison Crowder's been locked in. He's a really uh, high floor PPR play. And they got Chris Herndon, who's also been making a lot of plays in practice. And it sounds like Sam Darnold's been, uh, that chemistry there has been hooked back up from 2018. So I'm super into Chris Herndon. Uh, you probably drafted him as your tight end too. But if you got him as your one, I think, I mean, I think it's okay to roll him out and see what happens. Uh, really, tight ends don't need a lot of targets to make our week. So if he gets, you know, five, six targets, that might be just enough to make our week. So I'm, I'm into Crowder and Herndon. I've, again, I really don't trust the Jets, but if I had to put my money on it, those two guys should be the leading target uh, receivers there. And then Le'Veon Bell, we know he's going to get touches, you know, running the ball. And then it really sounds like Adam Gase is going to try to get him more involved in the passing game. So uh, your draft capital on Le'Veon Bell was probably an RB2. And I hope it, I hope it was a PPR league because uh, that's where the Le'Veon Bell value is. So uh, as long as Bell's healthy, you're going to keep him in as your RB2. So pretty simple uh, fantasy evaluation here. But uh, I guess the, some things to keep an eye on. I'm really interested to see how much work Denzel Mims gets right away in his first game. And then as well as Brashad Perriman. Both these guys are injured. Uh, but I, I'm optimistic that this could be a really fun offense if everyone comes back healthy and they get it rolling a little bit. So keep an eye on Mims and Perriman and just roll with the guys here on the left. Uh, and then we come to Buffalo. So Josh Allen, got the new mustache looking really good. Uh, makes me excited even more to have Josh Allen in the few leagues that I do. Uh, and he's going to be your QB one this year or this week. Uh, the Jets, again, they lost Jamal Adams. I really can't name too many Jets defensive players. I know they had a really good rushing defense last year, but I can't remember if, if they kept that all intact. So go ahead and start Josh Allen right away. Uh, and then because I like Josh Allen in this, this week secondary of the New York Jets, I'm liking Stephon Diggs, and I really think John Brown's got a chance to I mean, with John Brown, all it takes is one play for him to make our week. And uh, whether that's, you know, two catches for 82 yards and a touchdown, that might just be enough. But uh, John Brown showed up really well last year with the chemistry. Uh, so I'm, I'm really confident that Josh Allen can can have enough, you know, uh, throwing potential here to get two wide receivers into our starting lineups this week. But uh, because I think Buffalo is going to control this game and uh, they might be able to get some big shots in early, they're going to probably look to run the ball consistently in the second half. So this means Devin Singletary is an option and Zach Moss. 
Uh, if you drafted Devin Singletary in you know, the fourth, fifth, or maybe even sixth round, you're probably going to run him out as your RB2. Uh, but I kind of see him more as a flex, and I see Zach Moss having similar value uh, as a flex. If the, if the Bills are up you know, by uh, two scores you know, at, at halftime or something like that, we're going to see this team really shift to, to running the game or running the ball. And I think, I think they want to get Zach Moss involved uh, early this year. And I mean, Singletary is still going to get work, but I really think they want to try to have a two-headed attack as we saw last year with Frank Gore. Uh, but Zach Moss is going to, you know, he's going to be the potential goal line back. And I'm just interested to see who is the, the, I guess, the leading running back receiver for Josh Allen. So I like both guys. I like the game script here for the Jet or for Buffalo. Uh, we're starting Buffalo defense. And then I'm keeping an eye on here uh, just on my bench, I like Dawson Knox. He had a really good rookie season. And then Cole Beasley is just another guy to keep an eye on because he had really good chemistry with Josh Allen last year in the slot. Uh, but, yeah, the Buffalo Bills offense is going to be a, a good week one. It's going to be a fun season for the Bills. Uh, so, I don't know. Everything's Bills on this one. So, I guess start your Jets with, uh, I guess, some limited expectations. Uh, now, now we got uh, Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has been named the starting quarterback. So, we'll see. Uh, I guess this is a really good spot for him to get his first, you know, start against the Lions. He's had success against Detroit before. Uh, so we'll see if he can muster up enough here. But I'm not really starting Trubisky in a super flex league as my QB2. I think I'd rather wait and see what this offense looks like before I go in. Uh, but from this point, you know, we're, we're basically watching David Montgomery's status. It sounded like Tariq Cohen said some really positive things about Montgomery today, uh, saying that his injury wasn't as severe as people are making it out to be. Uh, so I'm I'm interested in seeing who they run out there if Montgomery can't play. Who's going to be the primary back? Uh, but either way, I think Tariq Cohen's got uh, wider uh, running back two value in PPR leagues. And then yeah, you're starting Allen Robinson, no question. You drafted him, you know, as a top ten, top twelve receiver, so he's going to be locked into your lineup either way. Uh, but the guy that I'm super kind of he's he's a little bit of a sleeper, but I'm interested because he came on really strong at the end of last year, and he's a third year receiver this year. That's Anthony Miller. Uh, so he played, you know, he played a lot with Mitch Trubisky the last two years. So the chemistry is going to be there. And uh, this passing, you know, defense for Detroit has never really been anything uh, to brag about. So I think, you know, Cohen, Robinson, Miller, this could be actually a, a sneaky passing, you know, option day for the Chicago Bears. And then I got, I mean, I'm monitoring Jimmy Graham. We'll see. Apparently he was like the MVP of the Bears camp. So we'll see if Jimmy Graham can do anything. But I think you're just leaving him on the waivers or your bench for now. And uh, just go ahead with Cohen as your RB2 in PPR leagues, maybe as a flex even. And then, yeah, Robinson blocked in, Anthony Miller. Um, Miller's an interesting guy. If he's like, you know, if you drafted him on your bench and there's a guy like Mike Evans who's out uh, or something, you know, we hear, you know, Mike Evans kind of had the injury pop up today. But Anthony Miller might be a guy that I slide into my lineup if you have injury concerns. So keep an eye on other, though, uh, like on those injury reports and uh, we'll see what this, you know, Mitch Trubisky led offense can do. And on the other side here, Matthew Stafford. I think most people drafted Stafford as their QB1. Uh, but for me, he's more of a QB2 in super flex leagues, I think, this week. Uh, you'd have to have a really good backup to bench him in a standard league. So I guess that really depends on your league scoring and your format and stuff. Uh, but I don't know. The Lions offense is, you know, they've always kind of struggled against the Bears. And I know the Lions are going to be at full health. So I guess I could see him as a QB1. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm really interested more in the uh, the receiving options here than starting Stafford. Uh, so you're starting Kenny Galladay. I know he was on the injury report today with a hamstring injury, so monitor those reports. Uh, if Galladay is limited or can't go, I'm, I'm thinking Marvin Jones is going to be a hell of a play. 
so make sure Marvin Jones is in your lineup. And then TJ Hawkinson, of course, there's been a lot of buzz about him in this training camp. Uh, <clears throat> and you probably drafted him as a fringe tight end one. So if you don't have a really good option behind him, go ahead and start TJ Hawkinson. Uh, but there's just so much uncertainty with this Lions team where I feel best about the passing situation. Uh, but I think I need to wait and see about Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Adrian Peterson. Uh, there's really nothing that makes me feel good about starting either of these guys, you know, especially week one. I know Swift is kind of coming back from his injury. They listed Carrion Johnson as the starter, but then they just signed Adrian Peterson. It's just kind of a huge mess. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of taking the approach where I want to just get a, like a game or two of sample and we'll see what to do with this Lions backfield. But uh, this one's going to be kind of a fun game. I think this could go either way, actually. Uh, as you know, as bad as the hype Mitch Trubisky gets, they still won, what, seven or eight games last year. So this one could be uh, a game that goes either way. And, uh, yeah, that's I guess I feel really good about the players that I have listed up here. Just leave these guys on the bench. And then let's look at the, the other NFC North matchup of the week, the Packers at the Vikings. There is some really big news, I guess, before I start here. Uh, the Vikings edge rusher, Daniil Hunter, has been placed on IR. It doesn't sound like it's a serious IR placement, like for the season or anything. Uh, but they're saying maybe three to four weeks that he could be out. Uh, so this is a huge deal for the Vikings defense. That's you know They're going to be pretty young at cornerback position. They still have Harrison Smith. But, I mean, I can't even name a cornerback off the top of my head. It's probably going to be one of their, their early round draft picks starting at corner. And then uh, I really can't name any of their they're like their nose tackles or anything. So the Vikings, <clears throat> the Vikings defense is going to be a little bit suspect in this one. So uh, I have Aaron Rodgers ranked as a low end quarterback one in this one. He's going to look best as your quarterback two in super flex. Uh, but Aaron Jones, man, if you were able to get Aaron Jones in the second round of your drafts, uh, I was looking around on his numbers and he scored 28 points uh, against this Vikings defense in week 16. And then he scored 25 against the same defense back in week two. So that's 53 combined points against the Vikings last year. So I'm, I'm like all in on Aaron Jones this week. He might be one of my favorite DFS plays uh, for the noon slate. And then Adam, uh, Devontae Adams too. We talked about the Vikings cornerbacks being really inexperienced and uh, Rodgers is just going to feed him targets. So the offense for the Packers is going to be really simple. It's, it's going to be Rodgers throwing the ball to Devontae and uh, wait, Dalvin Cook, why the question mark? Uh, I just, I, I had the question mark on Dalvin Cook just in case. Uh, he didn't sign or he was making a stink about a holdout. So for now, I think he's he's going to start. So don't really worry too much about that. But uh, I'm still talking about the Packers at this point. So you're starting Rodgers, you're starting Jones and Devontae Adams. And the one guy that might be interesting to flex is Alan Lazard. But I get it if you want to wait and see how this offense looks. Uh, but man, the Vikings secondary is actually pretty appetizing to me. So uh, and then I'm probably starting the Packers defense. If you remember in week 16, they completely destroyed the Vikings. I think they held them to under 200 yards. I don't know if the Vikings offense scored a touchdown. They just held them to field goals or something like that. Um, so I'm interested in the Packers defense. And then we're going to monitor all these guys down here with Jamal Williams being the backup running back. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had some buzz this summer. And then A.J. Dillon, we'll see if he can get some role. Uh, and then the tight ends, Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. We really don't know what's going to happen with those guys. So on the Vikings side of things, uh, I think Kirk Cousins can be a quarterback too in Superflex. And then, yes, I have Dalvin Cook here. With a question mark, the question mark was just more about, uh, he, I think he's going to play, but it's in case anything you know happens at the end of the week and I don't know, any contract news. Uh, so at the moment right now, we'll start Dalvin Cook as our RB1. I think he had a really good game against the Packers week two. I can't remember. I don't think he played against the Packers in week 16, but I know week two, he, he busted off like a 70 or 80 yard touchdown run. And the weak part of the Packers defense is going to be that run game. We Everyone saw what Raheem Mostert did to this team. So go ahead and fire up Dalvin Cook if everything's 
clear for takeoff. And then Adam Thielen, this offense uh, got rid of Stephon Diggs in the offseason. Adam Thielen is going to be the, the easily the leading target uh, in Minnesota. He could get upwards of 150 to 160 targets this year. So maybe that's eight to 10 per game. Uh, I think he's going to be playing more outside this year, maybe not as much slot. So we'll see if Jair Alexander uh, will blanket him or not. But Adam Thielen's going to get fed targets. So you're going to, you drafted Adam Thielen probably in the third or fourth round. So go ahead and start him. And then really, that's the only thing that that's like the only players that I feel comfortable with on the Vikings. But I'm interested to see, you know, who are their secondary players that step up into potential fantasy roles, whether that's tight end Herb Smith Jr. or the other tight end Kyle Rudolph. Um, it sounds like Ola B.C. Johnson's the second wide receiver here. He was able to hold off Justin Jefferson, who I think is the third wide receiver. So these two guys might be on the field a lot. If the Packers are winning, we could see the Vikings, you know, lean more towards the run, uh, to, towards the pass. So just monitor these guys and just kind of know that this is going to be the guys that we trust every week. I mean, the, the Packers and the Vikings are pretty simple. We know the quarterback is going to be, you know, thrown to Adam Thielen or Devontae Adams, and we know the running backs are going to get fed. So uh, we'll just kind of have to see who steps up after the primary targets. And then uh, we got the Dolphins at the Patriots. So Ryan Fitzpatrick was named the starter. The Dolphins actually sent away Josh Rosen, or they, they cut Josh Rosen. So he's not even in the picture anymore, which leaves Tua as the clear number two. So we'll see if we're on two a watch in maybe in a three, four weeks. Uh, but for now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get the start. He actually played really well against the Patriots in week 17 last year. Uh, I can't remember what he had, but he, I think he had two touchdowns and someone somewhere around like 20 plus points in the quarterback position. So uh, I think Fitzpatrick is a low end quarterback two in super flex leagues. And then right now I just looked at the injury report and it seemed like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams were kind of limited in practice this week. So we really need to monitor their status throughout the rest of the week. Uh, but Devontae Parker destroyed um, Stephon Gilmore at week 17 last year. So I would imagine Stephon Gilmore is going to draw Devontae Parker and Preston Williams is going to be on the other their, their second cornerback. So we'll see if both of these guys can be healthy. Uh, but for now, I'm going to say Parker, is if, if he goes, he's just going to be a wide receiver three for me. And if Preston Williams is a go. I think he's a flex play. I wouldn't, uh, I'm not positive about that because he is coming off the torn ACL last year. So I'm not opposed to leaving him on the bench and seeing what he can do for me first. Uh, but then there's Mike Jasicki, who I think is going to be probably the safest play out of all the Dolphins players. Um, he really came on strong at the end of last year and developed a good chemistry with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if you, I mean, if you waited on tight end, you might have a tandem of Jasicki and somebody else. Uh, so I think Jasicki is going to be starting for me in a few of my leagues this year. Uh, but then there's there's this running game between Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Uh, this is a, probably a common theme for me for week one is I'm interested in seeing how these backfields shake out, uh, you know, give them a game or two before I trust these guys. Uh, we know Jordan Howard's going to be the primary first and second down, you know, the true running back here. And then Matt Breida is probably going to be worked in as a pass catcher. But I kind of would like to see a sample size before I jump in to the Dolphins running game. I mean, it's the Patriots defense, you know, even though Tom Brady's not there, we know that Patriots defense is still going to be pretty good. Uh, so go ahead and just kind of rely on a little bit of the passing game for the Dolphins. Uh, but on the Patriots side, I mean, I'm excited to see Cam Newton in the New England Patriots offense. I got him as a quarterback, too, in Superflex. I mean, it, it's the Dolphins defense, too. I know they got better in free agency in the secondary, but Cam Newton, uh, if, if he's healthy and good to go, he's got quarterback one upside. But uh, for now, he's a quarterback two in super flex for me. And then when you think about how they're going to move the ball on offense, uh, I really don't know what running back is going to get the ball. They have Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle is going to be healthy. 
And then they did put the second-year running back, Damian Harris, on IR. So he's out of the picture. Uh, but still, it's going to be Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, and James White all you know, fighting for, for carries. Uh, so I think I'm just leaning towards James White as an RB2 in PPR leagues. as That's probably the safest guy that I think uh, I can tell people to start. And especially in PPR leagues, James White's always had uh, running back two value. And if you think about what Cam Newton's been able to do with Christian McCaffrey the last few years, I think James White's going to fit in really well with Cam Newton. So uh, I like White. And then I like Julian Edelman as well. Cam Newton had some success with DJ Moore and some of the other quicker receivers there. Uh, so Edelman's going to be the safe bet to lead the team in targets. So it's a really simple uh, fantasy offense evaluation for the Patriots to me. Cam Newton's your super flex QB2. James White's a PPR RB2. And Julian Edelman, you know, he's a PPR wide receiver too. He looks probably best as your, your three or your flex. Uh, and then I guess, yeah, I'm starting the the Patriots defense. I know a couple of their players opted out, but they're, they're easily the most well-coached team in the league. So go ahead and fire up that. Uh, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick's always kind of winging some balls around that could be intercepted. So uh, a couple of receivers to keep an eye on, though, is Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. And I, I think I should have listed Demir Bird, but uh, there's kind of a shuffle for the you know second, third, and fourth receivers on the field. So I'm watching how that breaks out. And then I probably should have listed the rookie tight end, Devin Asiasi. He's probably more of a dynasty play. But, hey, if, if Cam Newton's had success with Greg Olson at his tight end position before, maybe the, the rookie tight end could be use, useful for us at some point this year. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see Cam Newton. I'm expecting the Patriots to be able to pull this one out. So, again, pretty simple fantasy evaluation there. Uh, and then let's look at the Eagles and the Washington football team. It's still weird to say Washington football team. My head just wants to say Redskins all the time. Uh, but anyways, uh, the Eagles, offensive line has been kind of banged up the last couple of weeks of training camp. We don't really know what's going on at receiver. I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to be out. I think he's on the pup list. Maybe I, I haven't looked into that, but he's not going to play. Uh, so that leaves them with Deshaun Jackson as their starting receiver. Uh, there was some really good practice reports today out of Philadelphia saying that rookie receiver and first-round pick Jalen Reger might be available for this week, if not week two. So it looks like Reger avoided a really bad injury with his shoulder, and it sounds like uh, the Eagles could be at some full strength at the receiver position pretty soon. So uh, we're looking here against the Washington the football team here. Their secondary is not very good, but they have probably one of the best front sevens in football. Uh, I mean, they've they've got a ton of resources as first-round picks into that. They got the new second overall pick, Chase Young, uh, added to the mix this year. So I'm, I'm thinking the, the Washington – I mean, what we talked at the top here is the Eagles offensive line's kind of dinged up. Washington's got a really good defensive line, pass rush, and linebacking group. So this might be a little bit of a struggle game here for the Eagles week one. Uh, so that's why I have Carson Wentz here as a quarterback, too. Uh, I have Miles Sanders listed as an RB1, uh, but we did see today some reports about them wanting to maybe limit him, uh, I guess, the first game of the week. So we'll see if if his progress gets better throughout the week. Uh, but I still have him as an RB1 in PPR league. We might have to limit our expectations down to a, a running back two at least. Uh, but he's still, if he's in there, he's going to get the ball and he can do some crazy things in open space. So you're starting Miles Sanders. Uh, you're starting Zach Ertz. We don't need to tell you to start Zach Ertz. Uh, but some of the flex options are really interesting here because we kind of talked at the top about uh, the receiving group being kind of, you know, dinged up. And Sean Jackson is healthy. So if you remember his week one last year, he had like, I don't know what it was, like 140 or 50 some yards and two touchdowns. Like Carson Wentz just hit him on two deep balls and uh, he just blew up and then he gets hurt. So I think I'm thinking almost any week that Deshaun Jackson's healthy, he's probably going to make one of my DFS lineups. 
And if you're able to draft him at the end of your draft, you almost have to think about flexing him, especially against Washington. You know, this is a revenge game for Deshaun Jackson, you know, former uh, Washington Redskin himself. So Deshaun Jackson's an interesting guy at the wide receiver three flex position. Uh, I have Dallas Goddard listed as a flex just because of the lack of depth at the receiver position. Uh, we saw Dallas Goddard come on really strong at the end of last year. And if you're in a PPR league, I mean, he's an, he's an easy eight to 10 point floor uh, with the potential for a touchdown. So I like Goddard uh, as a tight end streamer, I guess. And then there's Boston Scott. If they're already talking about limiting Miles Sanders in week one, uh, we saw last year that they they kind of worked Sanders and Scott in a tandem last year. And Boston Scott, his last three or four games of the season, I think he finished as like the 10th best, you know, top 10 running back. So, uh, and then I looked at the, I like to look up um, how many fantasy points a defense allows to each position. And the Washington football team allows a lot of receptions, uh, a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns to running backs. So you think about how Boston Scott's going to be used. He's kind of like a Darren Sproles you know, esque player. So I like Boston Scott, maybe even as a flex in a PPR league, if, if you're kind of shorthanded there. So uh, definitely if Boston Scott's available in your, in, on your waiver wire, he should be owned. I think, especially with Miles Sanders, not starting the year hundred percent healthy, uh, Boston Scott's going to be a guy that I'm watching a lot. Um, and then you could, you could probably roll out the Philadelphia Eagles defense. We know Dwayne Haskins is still a young quarterback. He could make some turnovers happen. Uh, they don't really have an established running game either. Uh, but then I'm also watching uh, some of these secondary receivers in Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega, Whiteside. We'll see if those guys can do anything from afar. Uh, but then on the Washington side of things, I think Dwayne Haskins was at week 16. He had, a, he had a decent game against Philadelphia. I think he had like 260 yards and two touchdowns, and then he added like 26 rushing yards. Uh, so I kind of have Haskins here as a quarterback, too. Uh, we know we like the Philadelphia Eagles like front seven part of their defense. Their, their secondary is a little suspect. They did add Darius Slay, uh, but other than that, there's some shots that could be had there. So I kind of think Haskins has super flex QB2 value. I wouldn't trust him as my quarterback one. Uh, but then there's also the receivers here that I like, and Terry McLaurin and Steven Sims Jr. It wouldn't surprise me if Steven Sims actually – uh, led the team in receptions and targets this week. Uh, Terry McLaurin's probably going to be matched up against Darius Slay. And then the fun fact that Darius Slay saying last year, the hardest receiver that he had to face was Terry McLaurin. And if you look back at what Terry McLaurin did over his rookie season, two of his like three best games came against the Philadelphia Eagles. So again, that was no Slay, uh, but Terry McLaurin also did pretty well against Darius Slay when he's on the Lions. So I think McLaurin's a wide receiver too with some upside and then Steven Sims Jr., if you don't know who Steven Sims Jr. is yet, I think he's a guy that probably should not be hanging around your waiver wire. He's going to be a PPR uh, wide receiver three flex, I think, most weeks because teams are going to be focused on Terry McLaurin on the outside. So Steven Sims is going to be the primary slot receiver, and uh, I just think the connection that he had with Haskins down the stretch, I think that's going to continue. So keep an eye out for him. And then we got Antonio Gibson here. There's, there's kind of a handful of running backs in Washington. So it's Antonio Gibson. Second round pick out of Memphis. Uh, they have J.D. McKissick listed as the starter. And then there's Bryce Love. I really don't know how the snaps and the situational you know, deployment is going to be. Uh, but if I had to bet, it's going to be Antonio Gibson probably getting the most touches. He deserves the most touches. He's probably the most athletic player of the group. Uh, so he's, But he's just nothing more than a flex right now. You probably had to spend uh, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick on him in your draft. So he's definitely a name to monitor. But I kind of view him just as a flex in PPR leagues. Uh, I don't think we're starting the, the Washington defense, uh, but I'm definitely keeping my eye on this tight end position here, Logan Thomas. 
the former quarterback out of, uh, where did he play? I think it was Virginia Tech. So he bounced around with the Lions, and now he gets to start for the Washington football team. So I'm kind of interested to see if he can run away with the job. He might be a, a potential waiver wire ad down the line. And then, yeah, we'll see if McKissick or Bryce Love can get some te- some touches. But for me, it's pretty simple. It's McLaurin, Sims, and then, yeah, we already talked about all the Eagles. So we'll see what the Washington football team looks like this year. Uh, moving on here to the Raiders and Panthers. And I'm actually really excited to watch this game because uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense being played in this game. So I have Derek Carr as my quarterback, too, in Superflex Leagues. Uh, he could be even a, a streaming option in far as far as DFS plays. Uh, but really, the Raiders, it's all about Josh Jacobs. I just want to, I guess I'll just pull up the, the website here that I go to look at uh, for my defensive stats. So if you go to FF Today and just hit stats, uh, they have a they have a fantasy column here that says fantasy football points allowed to, and then you just pick the position here. So if I filter uh, by PPR, it's going to tell me that uh, the worst teams against the running back last year were the Jaguars and the Panthers. The Panthers allowed over 2,000 rushing yards and 27 touchdowns to defenses in 2019. Um, so no Luke Keekley. I really don't know how many defensive starters I can name for watch or for Carolina. Uh, so this is going to be a team. Basically these defenses are going to be defenses that we pick on all season. So the Jaguars and the Panthers, of course. Uh, so Josh Jacobs, he's going to be in a lot of my, my FanDuel, my DraftKings lineups. Uh, he's, he's a top five running back this week. So make sure you get him. He's going to be in your lineup, but just make sure you look at him in DFS. And then it's the receiver group here with Tyrell Williams being out. And we kind of talked about, I guess, let me just show you here what the Panthers allowed as, as receivers. Um, they were uh, ninth worst against the, the past last year. So uh, they allowed about 37.4 fantasy points per game to the receivers. So this is going to make me interested in guys like Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards. So it sounds like Hen- uh, Brian Edwards is going to be the starting outside receiver. They're going to mix Henry Ruggs and probably Hunter Ren- Renfro on the outside and in the slot. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Hunter Renfro, he, he's the oldest receiver on the team, and he's only in his second year. Uh, but he showed a lot of chemistry with Derek Carr down the stretch last year. So I'm kind of feeling Hunter Renfro could be a sneaky play this week. Uh, he's just a wide receiver three for me. He's probably more of a flex in PPR leagues. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited to see how the receiving group looks like for Derek Carr because he, abs- he had absolutely nothing uh, to throw the ball to last year besides Darren Waller. So you're starting, I mean, I guess you're starting Darren Waller for sure, uh, but I'm super excited to see how these rookie receivers and Hunter Renfro can do uh, for the team this year. So, uh, and then we're monitoring Jalen Richard. We want to see how many snaps he gets, how many receptions he gets, uh, just for, for potential future use. So I really like the Raiders side of the ball this year or against the Panthers this week. I think this could be a fun, uh, you know, potential sneaky high points affair. Uh, and then with that being said, I mean, the Panthers, the, their offense is no joke either. We don't really trust the Raiders' young secondary. Uh, so now I'm kind of into Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback, too, in Superflex. You're starting Mc- Christian McCaffrey. I don't have to tell you to do that. And then you're starting DJ Moore as well. Um, so just because McCaffrey and DJ Moore, like these are two premier picks in fantasy football drafts this year. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to be dishing out all these fantasy points to these guys. So I kind of like... Uh, and especially in a DFS lineup, if you can stack Teddy and McCaffrey or Teddy and DJ Moore, uh, I'm, I'm open to that. And then there's some, you know, some interesting pieces down here at the bottom. I think Robbie Anderson can be flexed, uh, maybe a wide receiver three this week. It sounded like he had a really good connection with Teddy Bridgewater in this offense. And Robbie Anderson actually has ties 
Uh, I know the whole thing is like this offense is new, new offensive coordinator, new coach, <clears throat> new quarterback, and then Robbie Anderson's new. Uh, but these things all kind of tied together. I think Robbie Anderson had connections to the offensive coordinator back when he was at Temple. Um, <clears throat> and it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater was finding him, you know, early and often in camp. Uh, and then there's Curtis Samuel down here. I have Samuel on the bench because he was kind of limited with a hamstring injury the last couple of weeks. So I feel like the safest play would be Robbie Anderson as your flex. Uh, we're not starting these defenses at all. I just I don't trust the Raiders against McCaffrey, and I don't I don't trust the Panthers versus Josh Jacobs. Um, so we'll kind of monitor these guys. But I'm kind of excited. This could be a fantasy bonanza for some of these players, uh, and probably one of the, the I think this game's going to be on the Red Zone channel quite a bit. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then we're looking at here the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars again. I just kind of showed. Uh, a few minutes ago, the Jaguars do not have a defense that can stop the run. We see they were the worst team against the run last year, uh, almost 1,900 yards, 18 touchdowns, and then they're really susceptible in the passing game, 83 receptions, almost 800 yards, and four touchdowns. So the Raiders and the Panthers, these are the two teams that you want to make sure your running backs are playing against uh, this year. So again, uh, we'll, I'm going to skip Philip Rivers for now. We'll get to him in a sec, but it's all about Jonathan Taylor as your RB2 flex. And then just because I think the Colts could really dictate this game and get a lot of rushing attempts, it's going to make Marlon Mack an interesting flex play. So I feel great about Jonathan Taylor. I'm interested in Marlon Mack because, you know, all he needs is like 10 carries and a touchdown to make our week. Uh, and then there's also Naheem Hines there who could be getting involved in the passing game. But you're probably leaving Hines on the bench. We kind of want to see what this running backfield looks like first. But Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, the carries – it's not going to surprise me if the Colts run the ball 35, 40 times in this one. So I think I just have Phillip Rivers as a quarterback, too. We don't trust the Jaguars' defense worth a damn. Uh, but Phillip Rivers, man, he, he could get all of his work done in the first half. Uh, so he's just a super flex quarterback, too, for me. You're probably starting T.Y. Hilton. I have him listed as a wide receiver, too, but he probably feels more like a wide receiver, three. I think T.Y. could easily get you know open deep, and we'll see what Phillip Rivers can do for him. Uh, but T.Y. Hilton's probably the, the one that I feel the most confident about in the passing game. Jack Doyle could be a sneaky uh, low-end tight end one in PPR leagues. And then basically I'm super – I don't know if I'm going to say to start Paris Campbell. I have him here as the flex. Uh, but between Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr., I'm super excited to see uh, what the pecking order is for Phillip Rivers and targets. I think Paris Campbell could be a quick little slot uh, option for Phillip Rivers, kind of like how Keenan Allen was so useful for him in the past. And then Michael Pittman's kind of like a combination, you know, of if you if you blended like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams together into one player, Michael Pittman might be that blend. So I like both guys, but I don't know. I think I'm going to move Paris Campbell down to bench and we'll see how this offense looks. Uh, but I'm banking on the running backs here doing all the heavy lifting. And then with the Jaguars, they're not going to be able to stop many offenses this year. So I'm 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 basically fading all the running backs. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be a quarterback too in super flex leagues. He's going to throw the ball to DJ Chark and that's pretty much it. And then with, I mean, I had Chris Thompson here in the flex for PPR leagues, uh, but we just saw them sign Dare Ogun Bawale. And I know it's this week, so they're probably not going to be able to use them as much. Uh, but Chris Thompson's got, you know, low end RB2 flex value in PPR leagues. If we're expecting the Jaguars to, to really struggle this year and throw the ball a lot, I think that might be something uh, that could be useful for fantasy. So we're not starting the uh, the Jacksonville defense at all. And then we really need to monitor these receiver, you know, these receivers here. And that is D.D. Westbrook, LaVisca Chenault, and Chris Conley. It sounds like LaVisca and Chris Conley are actually ahead of D.D. Westbrook on the depth chart. 
there was rumor that Didi was going to get traded or cut. Uh, and then, I mean, they spent a high second round pick on LaVisca. So they're going to try to get him involved as much as he can. He even can run the ball. So I'm super excited about LaVisca. He should be, he shouldn't be on the waiver wires. He should be a receiver that, uh, you know, is like one of your, your last people on your bench. So go ahead and look for his availability. And then Chris Conley was also an interesting guy at the end of last year. But I mean, in terms of trust, I really only trust Gardner Minshew to throw the ball a ton and maybe rack up some garbage points. And then I really only trust DJ Chark in the passing game and maybe Chris Thompson. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is going to be a, a theme here for Jacksonville. Uh, I do have Divino Zigbo and James Robinson listed here. Uh, I think they named Robinson as the starting running back, but I just I need to see what this team looks like before I'm going to whip out any of these running backs. So I think the Colts are going to have themselves a pretty good day and get off to a one and zero start. Uh, and then we're looking at here the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, I mean, they got a really good defense. They got Lamar Jackson in the running game. So we'll see what Baker Mayfield can do. I think Baker actually played, if I remember correctly, Baker actually played the Ravens, you know, decently last year. If I filter here by quarterbacks, uh, I just want to see what he did. So he was quarterback 16 last year, whatever. But uh, his two games against Baltimore, uh, we see week four, you know, threw for 342 passing yards and uh, one touchdown. I mean, that's 15.8 points. And then week 16 here, you're going to see 192 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick uh, for 14 points. So I'm, I'm thinking you're looking at about 14 to 16 points as a floor. He could be used as a quarterback to in Superflex. So nothing more. Uh, but this one's all going to be about Nick Chubb and probably Kareem Hunt. I think these are the two guys that I feel most confident about. They're, we know the Browns are going to want to run the ball, establish the run, and get these guys rolling to, to, you know, to keep Lamar off the field and, and eat up clock. Uh, so you're starting Chubb, first round pick, second round pick, whatever. And then you're probably starting Kareem Hunt in PPR leagues as your two or your flex. Uh, but then you got these receivers here. If we're not that excited about Baker Mayfield, but potentially he could throw a touchdown or two and maybe get over 250 yards, maybe even 300. Uh, you have to like Odell Beckham. I'm not going to comment on any of the Odell Beckham rumors this week, uh, but Odell Beckham, you probably drafted him in the fourth, maybe fifth round of your fantasy drafts. He's going to be a wide receiver three for us this week. Uh, Austin Hooper, you probably spent, you know, a top 12 tight end pick on him. So you can go ahead and throw Austin Hooper out there as your tight end one. And then there's Jarvis Landry. I've been kind of questionable. I guess I've been kind of questioning just how healthy Jarvis Landry is. It looks like he's good to go. I haven't seen him on the injury reports, but uh, you probably spent a, a good mid-round pick on Jarvis Landry. So you go ahead and get him in as your wide receiver three flex. But uh, I'm kind of limiting my expectations for the Browns offense. But, I mean, if you really think about how how is any team going to beat the Ravens this year, they have to keep Lamar Jackson on the sidelines. They have to run the ball, eat up clock. Uh, and the Browns might be able to do that. They might be a little bit more competitive than people think here. So if they can hit on some of these play-action deep shots to Odell or Landry or get Hooper going deep down the middle, this could be a fun game for the Browns. Uh, I'm not touching the Browns' defense at all. And, I mean, I think for fantasy, they don't – like the guys that I have listed here, like this, this is what the chart's going to look like pretty much all year. They don't really have any other secondary pieces that I want, maybe David Njoku if anything happens, but pretty simple evaluation for the Browns. Uh, on the Ravens' side of things, you're starting Lamar Jackson. You're starting Mark Andrews, no question. Uh, you probably drafted Mark Ingram as your RB2, your RB3, so he could be your RB2 or flex. Uh, Marquise Brown was, you know, around six or seven picks. So you're going to probably fire him up as your wide receiver three. Uh, and then the really interesting guy here that was kind of going in the mid rounds of drafts is JK Dobbins. I don't, I have him listed here as a flex, uh, but I, I might move that down to bench just because 
I'm not really too comfortable in his role just yet. They did say, you know, maybe like a week ago that there's going to be a significant role for him. Uh, but I kind of, it's kind of like the theme that I was talking about from some of the other games above. So I kind of want to wait and see, you know, just how they decide to split up the backfield touches. So I love J.K. Dobbins' game. I love the talent. Uh, but I think I need a few more data points before I trust him. And then, yeah, you can go ahead and start the Ravens defense. Uh, Baker Mayfield was third in interceptions last year. So anything could happen. A defensive touchdown could easily, uh, you know, happen this weekend. So uh, as far as guys on the bench, Miles Boykin is going to be the wide receiver too. I'll keep an eye on him. He might be a guy that's a hot waiver wire ad after the first week. Uh, but yeah, it's just so exciting to see Lamar Jackson back. And uh, hopefully that's a game that has a lot of points. So Moving on here to how many afternoon games? I think there's maybe three or four afternoon games uh, this week one. So Chargers at the Bengals. Uh, I have Tyrod Taylor listed as a quarterback two in Superflex. This might be one of the more popular uh, streaming guys for DFS, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel this week. Uh, he's going to be useful with his legs, and he's got some pretty good, you know, options to throw the ball to, especially Austin Eckler here. So I have Eckler listed as an RB1. If I quick look at how I want to look at those fantasy points allowed to position again real quick. So if we go to the running back tab, uh, we're going to see probably the Bengals as a bottom 10 defense against the running back. So yeah, they were 10th worst against the running back last year, giving up about 26 fantasy points per game. So Austin Eckler, uh, if we look quick here, even deeper at the details, they allowed 76 catches, four touchdowns, almost 700 yards to the running back position. Uh, so Eckler, you, you spent a second round pick on him. He's going to be a stud. Go ahead. I, mean, I don't need to tell you to start Austin Eckler. Uh, but then we got Keenan Allen down here. And I'm actually interested in Keenan Allen because I think people are sleeping on uh, how good of a passer Tyrod Taylor is. Uh, we had a couple game sample of Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball to Jarvis Landry uh, a couple years before Baker Mayfield took over. And he actually just pummeled Jarvis Landry with targets. So I think especially because Mike Williams is out, we could see Keenan Allen just force fed, you know, 10, 11, 12 targets. Uh, I mean, against the Bengals, the Bengals do not have a very good passing defense. If we look at the numbers here against receiver, you're going to see the Bengals. This is filtered by PPR. Uh, so the Bengals actually were 20th best against wide receiver last year. I think that's just because teams were able to run on them. Um, but I can't even name the starting cornerback for the Bengals. Uh, I, th I thought he got hurt. He was a guy that they signed. I think it was Trey Waynes, and I think he got hurt. So the Bengals secondary is very inexperienced. I could see Keenan Allen, you know, having a nice PPR day as your wide receiver too. And then because Mike Williams is out, that, that almost makes me more comfortable to start a tight end like Hunter Henry. So you probably drafted Hunter Henry as a tight end one, uh, top 10 tight end this year. So go ahead and roll him out. And then uh, I, I guess I could probably say I'll, I might be interested in starting the Chargers defense. I know Derwin James is out, but – I mean, Bosa, the pass rush, Melvin Ingram, you know, they got some really nice pieces on that defensive line, and they're playing against a rookie, against the Bengals. Uh, so the Chargers defense is probably a start. I'll add that there after the show. Uh, but then guy I'm keeping an eye on is Joshua Kelly, rookie running back out of UCLA. I think he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, you think about how the Chargers have ran their offense the last few years. They've used Melvin Gordon as the hammer. And I just I keep – every time I watch Josh Kelly, his UCLA tape, he reminds me uh, of Jordan Howard. I know Jordan Howard's not a you know a popular name in fantasy circles, but Jordan Howard's a good runner. Uh, and I think Josh Kelly might be a little bit better of a pass catcher. And if they do decide to kind of mimic what they've been doing of the past, uh, we could see Josh Kelly or maybe even Justin Jackson get some runs. So I'm interested to see how they use the second running back or even the third running back. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of liking the Chargers here. This could be a fun game. The Bengals defense isn't very trustworthy. Uh, but as we get to the Bengals 
side of thing. Joe Burrow, man, if you drafted Joe Burrow in a super flex league, you might be inclined to get him in there as your QB two. Uh, Joe Mixon, first round pick, probably a second round pick at worst. Uh, you're going to go ahead and start him as your RB one. You drafted him. You're not going to bench him. Uh, and then you got Tyler Boyd, who I think is going to be a wide receiver two, three for the most part of this year. So I have him as a wide receiver two this year. Uh, we're expecting the Bengals to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. We're expecting them to lose a handful of games, which means to a lot of passing. So I think Tyler Boyd's locked in for a good amount of targets. He's got a really high floor. And then as long as AJ Green's healthy, I think he's a wide receiver three with a lot of upside. Uh, we'll see if, if Joe Burrow can get a good connection with him. I don't think AJ Green got a lot of you know exposure to Joe Burrow at camp. But it's, it's A.J. Green. So as long as A.J. Green's healthy and you drafted him, uh, he's a wide receiver three flex option. Uh, I have Auden Tate here as a flex. I might move him down to the bench spot uh, because he's going to be competing with John Ross for that, you know, that third receiving spot. So those guys might kind of eat into each other's playing time. Uh, and then we're also monitoring Gio, Giovanni Bernard's uh, play time behind Mixon. But for the most part, I think this is going to be a heavy passing attack. You know, Burrow to Boyd to Green. I should have probably listed CJ Uzama. Uh, he might be a tight end waiver wire guy that we pick up. You know, it's, what if Uzama goes out there and gets, you know, seven targets, catches five of them for a touchdown? Uzama might be a name to keep an eye on, as well as John Ross. I mean, John Ross, you know, he's, he's still a really good receiver. I think he went really – I think the first two games last year, he just blew everything up and had, like, back-to-back 100-yard games and two or three touchdowns. So Ross could be a guy that gets off to a hot start. Auden Tate could get off to a hot start. I'm probably going to move Tate down. But uh, a lot of excitement for the Bengals. They haven't had much to be excited about lately. Uh, but I think they got – I think they got a good one in Burrow. So uh, we'll see how this game goes. And then we're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Tom Brady, I have enlisted as a quarterback one. He's, he's best as a quarterback two in Superflex, but I still feel really good about Tom Brady and his passing weapons here. You're starting Chris Godwin. I don't have to tell you to do that. But the big name here is Mike Evans. He missed practice today with a hamstring injury. I think it might be the same hamstring injury that he, that he lost his last three games of 2019. So I have to monitor his practice reports, but by all counts, it sounds like he's going to be questionable heading into the game. So he's going to be a game time decision. So just make sure. And it's a, it's the, one of those late games. So if you don't have a hedge, uh, you're going to have to be watching these reports, you know, leading up to Sunday morning. So if Mike Evans is playing, I'm going to play him. If he's out and you want to get a piece of this Bucks offense, a guy like uh, the backup receiver here, Scotty Miller might be a name to keep an eye on. Uh, or otherwise, I'm thinking I'm just thinking the tight ends are going to do a lot of damage with Gronk and OJ Howard. So keep an eye on those guys. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's going to be Brady and we're going to trust who he throws the ball to. So I love Brady. I love Godwin. I like Gronk and I kind of like OJ Howard, especially if Evans is out. Uh, but then you got this huge mess, you know, at the running backfield, whether it's Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Uh, they just got Fournette a week ago. So I feel like Ronald Jones has the leg up this week. Uh, and Ronald Jones, man, all it takes is he's got some crazy burst and it sounds like he had a really good camp uh, and they're probably, it, I mean, Bruce Arians has reiterated that he is their starter. So I'm open to Ronald Jones uh, leading the team in carries week one and we'll see what he can do. But Leonard Fournette, he might be on a snap count. They might have like a limited package or two for him to be into the game. But I, I think I feel safest about Ronald Jones being a flex play. Uh, I'm going to leave Leonard Fournette on the bench. I want to see how this offense looks first. I really don't know how many touches he's going to get. Like I said, he's only been on the team for what, like five days, seven days or something like that. Uh, and then you got, I mean, OJ Howard, Scott Miller, LaShawn McCoy. I really want to see what these guys do first before I throw them out there. So it's really, I mean, I trust Brady. I trust Godwin. 
And I trust Evans if he's out there. Uh, you probably drafted Gronk as your, your tight end one, so go ahead and do that. But it's, it's going to be fun to see how this new this new look Tampa Bay offense looks with Tom Brady. And then on the Saints side of things, uh, I mean, the Tampa's, Tampa's defense was not good last year. Their secondary got beat up. They had one of the best running defenses. Uh, so we're going to like Drew Brees in this one. I don't, need to st- I don't need to tell you to start Kamara. I don't need to tell you to start Michael Thomas. Uh, but it's a couple of these guys here at the end of the, the the roster here, whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or Jared Cook. I think a lot of people drafted Jared Cook as their tight end one. Uh, Tampa Bay wasn't the greatest against tight end last year, uh, but I feel really confident in Jared Cook. I think Drew Brees hooked up with him a lot in the red zone last year. So go ahead and start Jared Cook. Uh, but the guy to keep an eye on is Emmanuel Sanders. The Saints really haven't had a dominant wide receiver two for quite some time. I'm thinking the last time we saw this was maybe like the Brandon Cooks era where they had maybe, was it Cooks and Thomas on the, on the same team for a year or two? Uh, I can't recall, but it's been a long time since Drew Brees has had two really legit wide receivers. Uh, so I think because of all the attention Kamara's going to get, all the attention Thomas is going to get, and even Jared Cook, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is kind of a sleeper. So I like him as a wide receiver three flex. Uh, I really don't know if I, I have maybe listed for the defenses here. I really don't know if I trust the defenses in this game. It feels like it's going to be a heavy offensive battle. Uh, and then just guys on the bench to monitor, Traquan Smith, Ty Montgomery, Latavius Murray. Uh, we'll see how many snaps and carries these guys get. But this, I mean, I think this is the America's game of the week. This is the one that's going to be on TV. So I'm really excited to watch the new Tom Brady offense, and we'll see if Drew Brees can defend the dome here with all his weapons. So that's going to be a really fun game to watch, hopefully a lot of fantasy points. So now we're getting to the final afternoon game of week one, Cardinals at the 49ers. Uh, you're starting Kyler Murray. I don't need to tell you to do that. His matchup is, it doesn't matter what his matchup is. You're going to start Kyler Murray. And then Kenyon Drake, you probably drafted him with a second round pick. You're going to start him no matter what. DeAndre Hopkins, you probably spent a second or third round pick on him. You're starting him no matter what. Uh, but the questions come in at Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, the rest of the offense is pretty you know, predictable, but Christian Kirk, now that DeAndre Hopkins is there, he's going to have a lot of nice matchups, and I can just see Hopkins getting a lot, of t- a lot of attention. Teams have to focus on Kyler Murray and his scrambling ability and watching out for Kenyon Drake. So Christian Kirk's going to get a lot of favorable matchups. So I like him as a wide receiver three flex. And then there's always Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to be probably messing around in the slot. And just from what I remember the last like two or three years, Larry Fitzgerald always starts out hot. So he could be a guy that, you know, you plug him in as your wide receiver three flex or you start him in DFS and see what happens. Uh, But I mean, the 49ers, the defense is so good there. So this might be a a little bit of a tough start, but uh, I like, I like the offense for Arizona. I think they're going to have a really good year. So I'm interested in all these guys. I'm probably not, I'm probably not starting the Cardinals defense, but I'm going to monitor backup running back Chase Edmonds. We'll see how many touches and targets he gets. He might be, you know, looking at eight to 10 total touches this week. And then there's Dan Arnold, who might be, you know, a waiver wire tight end uh, pickup at some point. Uh, and then on the 49ers side of things, the, the Cardinals defense last year was absolute garbage. So if we look at the tight end uh, fantasy points allowed, they were number one, or I guess the worst team against tight end by a significant amount too. You see 19.5 fantasy points per game. The next closest team was 15.2. So this is cleared above the worst team against uh, tight ends. You know, so George Kittles, I don't need to tell you to start George Kittle, but George Kittle, man, he's going to have one hell of a week one. And then against receivers, the Cardinals were the eighth worst. Uh, Let's see how they were against running back. Against running back here, they were the 11th worst. So the Cardinals are going to be a defense that we want to pick on. Uh, So you're starting Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback two in Superflex. 
I think Raheem Mostert's a running back one this week. Uh, you know, the receivers are kind of dinged up. Uh, so I think they're going to rely heavily on the run game. They're going to throw the ball to George Kittle. I don't know if Debo Samuel is playing. I have him there as a wide receiver three with a question mark. So we have to monitor his uh, practice reports throughout the week. If he plays, I don't even know if I feel comfortable playing with, you know, putting him out there in my lineup. Uh, you know, gun to my head, I think I'm only comfortable with Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, and George Kittle. They do have some interesting flex options. Uh, whether that's receiver Kendrick Bourne or Tevin Coleman. I don't feel great about them, but they could be used as flex plays. Uh, you're probably going to just start the 49ers defense. You probably spent a, you know, a good draft investment on them. Uh, and then players that I'm watching, uh, Brandon Ayuk, rookie receiver you know, out of Arizona State. We'll see if he can make some, uh, make some noise in his first game. And then there's Jarek McKinnon. I'm super excited about his return. We'll see how many touches he gets. And he might even eat into Tevin Coleman's role a little bit, which is just why I feel more comfortable about Raheem Mostert. Because I know Mostert's like the best first and second down running back, and we'll see how they decide to split third down duties. Uh, but, yeah, this – I don't know. The 49ers are kind of – like they're low-key kind of dinged up. I know they have a great offensive line. The defense is a little banged up right now. So the Cardinals could be really pesky. And I think they played them, you know, to the wire in both games last year. So I think this could be a really fun game in the NFC West to start the year. Uh, and then we come in, we're coming here to the Sunday night football game, Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. I think this one's going to be a really fun game. I don't like either of these defenses in this one. So, I mean, I don't need to tell you to start Prescott. I don't need to tell you to start Ezekiel Elliott. You're starting Amari Cooper. You're probably starting Michael Gallup now as a solid wide receiver two or three. Uh, but after that, you have rookie wide receiver C.D. Lamb, who I have slated as a wide receiver three flex. And then I have Blake Jarwin as a low end tight end one. I think the Rams were not. Let's look at tight end real quick here for the Rams. So last year, the Rams were midway against the tight end. They, they allowed about 12 fantasy points per game. Uh, but against receiver, the Rams were also mid pack. Uh, so the Rams defense is a little bit better than I guess I gave him credit for. They do have Jalen Ramsey, who just got a $105 million deal. Uh, so he might be, I don't know if he's going to follow Amari Cooper around, uh, but I would expect that he's going to drop Cooper a lot in coverages, which is why I like Gallup and also kind of why I like CeeDee Lamb, because if Dak sees Jalen Ramsey almost shadowing Amari Cooper, he's going to look elsewhere, which is kind of why I like Gallup, Lamb, and Jarwin. Uh, but you spent too high of a draft capital to, to bench your third or fourth round pick in Cooper. So you're starting him. Uh, but I think this could be a really juicy game for Gallup, Lamb, and Jarwin. Uh, we're probably not going to start the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, and then I just have Tony Pollard there as a name to monitor. Uh, I'm probably starting Jared Goff as a quarterback one this week. If we look at fantasy points allowed by quarterback, uh, the Cowboys, where are they? I mean, the Cowboys, I guess, were one of the better teams, but I think it's because teams were able to run on them. But uh, you think about how the Rams are going to move the ball. We don't really know what they're doing at running back. They're saying Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson are going to be in a split. So I just I feel most comfortable about Jared Goff being a quarterback one or at least a quarterback two in Superflex leagues. Uh, we know he's throwing the ball to Robert Woods. We know he's throwing the ball to Cooper Cup. Those guys are in your lineup. And then there's Tyler Higby, which I know a lot of people either loved or hated, you know, in the draft process this year. But I'm a fan of Tyler Higby. I don't think Jared Goff's going to forget what he did down the stretch. So I think Higby's a tight end one. And then if I show you guys quickly what the Dallas Cowboys, they cannot, you know, guard the tight end very well. They were the third worst against the tight end last year. So I think Higby's a smash play this week. And I think Cam Akers, is a, he's kind of a risky flex, uh, risky RB2 flex for me at running back. Uh, they've already kind of talked about Malcolm Brown being the, the starter week one, so we'll see how that plays out. So I, I really think I might drop him down to the bench spot. 
Uh, we're not starting either defense in this one, but I'm going to monitor Cam Akers. I'm going to monitor rookie receiver Van Jefferson, Josh Reynolds, and Malcolm Brown. But uh, go ahead and just, I mean, I feel real comfortable about Goff and his passing weapons, as well as Prescott, his passing weapons, and Elliott. So this one can be a really fun, you know, week one to Sunday night football. And then we got two Monday night football games here as I'm approaching an hour long here. Uh, this is a lot of games to get through, so hopefully you're you're picking up some information here that helpful that is helpful to you. Uh, but we got the Steelers at the Giants. Uh, Giants' pass defense is not very good. I think I'm starting Ben Roethlisberger as a QB one, definitely as a QB two in Superflex. Uh, you're st- every week that James Conner is healthy, he's a top five, top ten running back upside. So James Conner is locked into your RB one spot. Uh, he looks great as your RB two. Uh, but you're, you know, I mean, you're starting Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson becomes an interesting guy because he's probably drafted as your wide receiver three or your first guy on your bench. But I have him up here as a wide receiver too because I think teams are going to be focused on Juju, uh, which means Deontay could be running free and getting open really quickly. So I love Deontay this week. I have Eric Ebron listed as a tight end one just because I think it's been a while since Ben's had – it's almost been forever since he's had an athletic tight end that can do what Eric Ebron does. And it sounds like Eric Ebron – has really improved as a pass blocker and he's really getting, you know, some respect and some really good words out of Ben Roethlisberger on him. So I'm into Eric Ebron. I'm starting the pit, the Steelers defense. And then we're going to monitor rookie chase Claypool, Benny Snell. We'll see what James Washington can do, but I'm not starting those guys. Uh, but I, I think the Steelers offense is going to have a really easy day against the giants here on the opening of Monday night. Uh, Daniel Jones. I have him listed as a quarterback two in Superflex, but that feels scary to me. Uh, I mean, the Steelers' defense is no joke. If we look and see what they did against quarterbacks last year, um, I mean, they were, you know, one of the best teams against the quarterback last year. So I'm probably not I'm, – I'm a little bit nervous about Daniel Jones. You're starting Saquon Barkley, of course. But if I'm nervous about Daniel Jones and how this offense is going to, you know, be throwing the ball, uh, what does that mean for Sterling Shepard? I mean, Ingram, Golden Tate. Uh, I'm probably not starting Darius Slayton, you know, week one. I want to see how he looks in this offense. Um, so, I mean, Shepard's their number one receiver, technically. I think he could have, you know, low-end wide receiver three flex value. Same with Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate's, you know, interesting in PPR leagues because of the volume and the quick receptions. And then, as I guess, as long as Evan Ingram's healthy, you're going to roll him out as your tight end one. Uh, but, again, I'm just nervous about the Giants' passing game. I feel great about Saquon Barkley, though, so we'll see if the, the Giants can keep up. Uh, but I'm expecting the Steelers to kind of, you know, do what they, they typically do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. And then they got some really, you know, fun receivers here to get the ball to and maybe a new tight end. So uh, we'll see how that works. But then we're going to wrap it up here with the final Monday night game in the final game of week one. That is the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Um, The Denver Broncos, man, they just lost Von Miller. Uh, I heard it's potentially for the season. They're not really quite sure yet what Von's going to be doing. He might have surgery pretty soon to see if he can get back quicker. Uh, I think he's meeting with a specialist in Green Bay for that. Um, but the Broncos defense was already not going to be, you know, super fantastic this year anyway. So now that without now that they're without Von Miller, I'm thinking the Titans are going to have themselves a pretty nice day. So I'm starting Ryan Tannehill as a super flex in QB two leagues. I don't need to tell you to start Derrick Henry, you know, first round pick. I shouldn't have to tell you to start AJ Brown, who's probably a third or fourth round pick for you. Uh, I think he might be drawn up, you know, against AJ Bouye in coverage, but. Uh, I think it was like week 11 or week 12 when Bouye was still on the Jaguars. <clears throat> and we saw A.J. Brown go for like 130 yards and a touchdown. So I don't think that's going to stop him very much. And then if you think about the next best target in this offense, I think it's Jonu Smith. And I don't believe the, the Broncos were very good against the tight end. 
last year. Uh, let me look here. That's against quarterback. So let's just see how they were against the tight end. Uh, so the Broncos were the 12th worst against tight end, about 12.8 points per game. I think Johnny Smith's like the second leading guy in targets there. So I'm open to these. I think it's a, this is probably going to be my fantasy evaluation for the Titans all year. Is Tannehill quarterback two in Superflex? Derrick Henry, yes. A.J. Brown, yes. And Johnny Smith is a fringe tight end one. Uh, I might actually be willing to start the, the Titans defense. We just saw them sign Jadavian Clowney, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, but as far as other players on this team, Corey Davis, I'm just not excited about Corey Davis. Adam Humphreys is the name to keep an eye on. We'll see if he can hop Corey Davis in targets. Uh, and then on the Broncos side of things, uh, I think Drew Locke is just like a really low-end quarterback too in super flex leagues. If you have someone better, I, th I think I would probably start a guy like Tyrod Taylor over Drew Locke, uh, especially this week against the Titans. Uh, I have Melvin Gordon as your RB2. Uh, he feels best as an RB3 or a flex in, in PPR leagues. It's fine. I think he's going to be used as a pass catcher more than Philip Lindsay. Uh, but then you got Cortland Sutton, who I've, I have him as a wide receiver three. I think his his boom bust rate kind of bugs me a little bit. So he's either going to have a really good game or he's going to have a not so good game. So we'll see, we'll see if he can kind of uplift his game and get more targets and receptions to kind of boost his floor. Uh, I think Noah Fant has, you know, tight end one streaming option, but I don't really feel great about it. Uh, I'm actually really excited to see what Jared Judy can do in this offense. Uh, he had a, a he reportedly had a really solid camp, and I think Drew Locke is starting to see that Jerry Judy gets open quickly. So uh, I think there's going to be a potential that Jerry Judy leads the team in receptions or targets this week. Uh, and then Philip Lindsay, I'm, I guess I'm really curious to see how Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay split works. I think Gordon's going to get more PPR work, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if, I mean, if they both get, you know, 13 or 14 carries in this one and we'll see how it works. So I think it's going to be uh, kind of a moving target. We'll see how it works. And I, I, I just, I don't think I'm starting the Broncos defense and there's really no other, you know, pieces of this offense that I want, but uh, for the Broncos side of things, I'm super excited to see how Drew Locke looks year two. We'll watch the running game. We'll see, you know, the pecking order for targets between Sutton, Judy, and Fant. I'm super excited about Jared Judy. So this could be a really fun way to end our Monday nights. Uh, but I think that's going to do it. I think I have to, on the fantasyfellowship.com, I have to type up, you know, some more of these notes. Uh, but all the start sit charts are going to be there. I'll probably tweet this link out again on Friday, maybe Saturday, just with my updates. Uh, but again, I'm going to be. I'm doing this every week. I think Wednesday nights are going to be my night. I'm going to try to not make these an hour long. Uh, but as you can tell, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm going to try doing my best to condense these. Uh, but I hope this helps. If you need any questions, you can uh, leave a comment in the video or, you know, hit me up on Twitter at the fellow KGB. I'm, we also have a Facebook page if you just search the Fantasy Fellowship. Uh, so I'm open for questions. I'm going to have my um uh, no problem blake thank you for joining though uh, you can watch the rest of it back but hit me up on twitter if there's any questions uh, i'm open to you know start sick questions or whatever you need uh but yeah thank you so much for your time don't forget to leave a comment like subscribe to the channel and uh football's back guys it's so exciting so uh, i wish you the best of luck enjoy the game tomorrow night and uh, we'll see you in another video peace